joining us now, no, joining us now is a real good friend of mine. And when I mean real good friend of mine, I'm, when I when I um, was covering the Knicks a little bit, uh, this guy right here was he just started doing. I guess I think Peter, you just started doing social media with the Knicks when we met. I think it was your first season, and then you and I have been in contact since. Uh, our special guest tonight, Peter Robert Casey. I, as we, I always liked his little tagline on Facebook, the man with three first names but one passion. Peter, what's going on, brother? I'm doing very well. It's always an honor, always a pleasure to be chatting with you. Well, you have me and uh, both and both uh, myself and Steve Spann up here. Uh, this is off topic. and uh, It's been a while. I think I haven't really talked to you in a while because, you know, you've been busy being a, a dad. Yeah, we have a 14-month-old, my wife and I, and he's just starting to walk, so... He doesn't sleep at night, and between that and him trying to get in, into everything, we're just flat out exhausted and busy. Nice, nice. Congratulations, too, man. Yeah, Steve is a new proud papa. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. congrats, Steve. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. I got a, a one month old as of yesterday, actually. Wow, girl or boy? Uh, he's, a, he's a boy. He's a boy. He's a, little, he's a little guy over there. A lot of fun, man. It's, it is, man. It really, I'm sure you can test. I've talked about it on the radio plenty of times, too, though, but uh, it's so crazy. The best thing about it is, like, watching them develop you know you're seeing like a human being learn you know his first word you know or first time he can grab something you know it's amazing absolutely th th this is your first two you said i think yeah this is our first child so we are complete rookie parents learning nice. by, by making mistakes i think everybody makes mistakes <laughs> right come on you're not a parent if you're, if you're doing it perfectly come on who's that perfect parent out there no, you know what's the one thing we succeeded on, or at least I did. His first word was "ba" for ball. So every time he sees a basketball rolling around the house, <laughs> "ba." Nice, so nice. Succeeded at anything, and that's it. Now, Peter, we were having this conversation earlier, and now since you have a 14-month-old, you can you can chime in on this topic. Steve wants to bring his child to the Jets game this season. I say that's a no-no. Your thoughts? I think it could work. I mean, there's, there's headphones. I've seen a lot of babies right. sitting up close with headphones. You know, you probably won't stay the entire game. I'll tell you that now. Mm -hmm. um, depends on, you know. See, the thing is, Peter, I'm, I'm, a t I'm a season ticket holder. So in, in my you know, yeah. thought process is that, you know, I'd be too, you know, I guess the Bills were going to blow them out or something. <laughs> 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 Don't do those games and, uh, you know, get there late. And leave early. That's fine. You know, I don't mind. I, I see eight games a year for sure, live. So, That's awesome. <laughs> so, Peter, I wanted to have you on because a to catch up because it's been a long time, and the other part of it is to um, I was amazed with the sports passport thing. So I can, if you can, give some more background on it, and also talk about the adventure that you want because I told Steve a little bit about your your mm -hmm. your NBA road trip. So yeah. if you if you want to go into detail. Yeah, because I want to give you give you the opportunity to let everybody know what Sports Passport is. Sure. So, so growing up, probably like yourselves, I used to hold on to all my ticket stubs, and I kept mine in a shoebox underneath my bed. And every time I would open that shoebox, whether you know during childhood, adolescence, and, and even many years later, as soon as you pick up one of those ticket stubs, all the memories of that game or that day come flooding back. Right. So. The idea behind Sports Passport, it's a virtual shoebox of ticket stubs. So it's a place where you can track and chronicle every game you've been to in your lifetime across now five sports and eight different leagues. And so if you recall, like you mentioned, back in 2013, I actually launched the, the first.
first sight uh, with just basketball. I mean, that, that's what I knew. That was the data that we had at the time. And to kind of kick things off, I, I took a leave of absence from my day job. This was kind of silly, but I decided to see 30 NBA games in 30 days at every single NBA arena. And so whoever lays out the schedule every year never accounts for some moron in New York trying to pull off this stunt. <laughs> so I was going from from New York to Sacramento, from Chicago back to Phoenix. It was it was a mess, but I actually made it through, saw every single game, um, and was never late. That's just amazing, man. To, to get there and not be late. I, I mean, I live right down the street from MetLife Stadium, and I'm late to every game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift. He, he has yeah, a gift. Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of luck involved. I mean, there, there were days... Honestly, and I try to book the earliest flights out of town each morning, but there were times where there were cancellations and delays, and, you know, I'm just like, oh, this is going to ruin the whole trip. It's going to ruin the whole trip. And, you know, as fate and good fortune would have it, there was always a backup plan that happened to work, and just me pleading with people like, listen, I need to get on this flight. I'm only going for the game. <laughs> and, uh, people come through. Where was, the, uh, where was the craziest stadium at? I, at the time, I actually loved Chesapeake Energy Arena where the Thunder play. Mm -hmm. I just had a real passionate, loyal fan base mm -hmm. where they're the only show in town. And I'm, I'm sure it might be a little bit different next year with KD leaving town and, uh, you know, things looking messy there. What, what Westbrook might be on his way out. Mm -hmm. so, but they have a real passionate fan base there. And then I was really blessed and fortunate. I got to see the Thunder um, you know, at home, I sat with the owners. They put me up in the first row with them, which was a real treat. Mm -hmm. And it was a Thursday night TNT game, and, and Iggy hit a, a game winner at the buzzer. Nice. The, pl the place went bananas. That's awesome. And so you said that was a great arena. What were some of your other favorite arenas? And also, the type of seats you sat in, did you have to purchase seats? Were they donated to you? Did you get uh, press credentials? How did that work out for you? It worked out great. So, you know, 30 NBA teams, 24 teams, I had a freebie. I only had to pay for six tickets. I literally spent 111 bucks on tickets only. That was the smallest, you know, part of my expense budget. And I, you know, going into it, I actually thought it was going to be a, a major expense. But travel and followed by food were the, were the largest expense items. Yeah. But other good arenas that I would recommend folks get to one day, Besides, you know, the Thunder and, and, and the Warriors is uh, up in Portland. They call it the Moda Center now. Awesome fan base. Even if you sit up top in the upper bowl, super loud. Fans are into it. They're loyal. Um, I'm biased here in New York. The Garden is always is always special, especially if the Knicks are relevant. And I would always say, and I hate to admit this, but Boston, you know, mm -hmm. when, when Boston has a good team and, and, and they've been obviously competitive under Brad Stevens, it's another great Another great atmosphere in the NBA. Yeah, they have their, they have their own little garden up there, don't they? The garden. <laughs> the garden, right? <laughs> See, it's like the old garden. It's a lot, a lot more amenities, but yeah. it still has a it still has a cool nostalgic feel when you walk into the building. Yeah. Well, you no, know, Peter, you've done something that I have done because when I was an intern with the Nets and um, you know being around the team and having the ability to do this. When you were with the Knicks, you got to do something that a lot of people dream of doing, is you got to go on the court and take a couple jump shots out in Boston. Yes. See, I know this because you, I saw the video on your, uh, on your page. What, how, how cool is that to get to do some stuff like that? Oh, it, it was a great opportunity. If you go back, back to 2010 when I first got the job, um, you know, being able to attend every practice, every home game, 
got to travel with the team to regional games. You know, as a kid growing up, obviously you want to be a player in, the, in those leagues, but when, you, when your athletic bubble bursts, the next best thing is to be around the game in a meaningful way. To me, that meant always like covering it or, or doing it from a marketing bend. And, you know, the, the Knicks, that was the year when, you know, Mari was at the peak of his game. He just retired. And Carmelo Anthony, was when, that midseason, I got to meet him at the airport when him and Lala first flew into New York with their family. That was the first person to interview Melo at Teterboro Airport in New Jersey. And, it was, you know, it's, it's a memorable opportunity for someone who, who loves the game and, and loves the, the business side of basketball as well. You know, our time over there, um, you were, I always consider you one of the more real people because, you know, we, you know, there's a lot of beat writers and a lot of people who work in this industry, and uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fake people or people who, are, who always tell you the stuff that they want you to, you know, just to get you out of your hair. You're, you're one of the real people, one of the people I always enjoyed uh, talking with because we both have the same passion about the NBA. Um, the, the league has really changed over the last uh, couple seasons, and now is going through another change this year with the amount of money that was being thrown around. Oh, yeah. Um, looking at the league right now and the, the, the 16 teams that made it in, with the, with the changes that have made with Durant going to the Warriors and um, Wade going to the Bulls, what big changes in those 16 slots do you see? Obviously, OKC taking a step back with the ramp, but what other major changes do you see? Well, let's start here, right here in New York. So the Knicks finally have at least a watchable team, right? I think Derrick Rose is overstating how good they will be. I don't, I don't consider them to be a super team in 2016 standard. If it was 2011 with that roster, different story. Yeah. But at least... They're going to be putting a marketable product onto the court. And Derrick Rose is in a contract year, so you're going to get his best effort. And Joakim Noah, you know, he is a New Yorker. He went to Poly Pepper in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, played for Coach Bill McNally. So he, he's essentially coming home, and he's one of those blue-collar, roll-up-the-sleeves kind of guys. And I think Mello will be re-energized by that, that he has some assets and pieces around him to, you know, to make some, think, make some noise. But... I unfortunately do think it's going to be a lopsided year, very top-heavy, um, you know, in the Western Conference with the Thunder. And um, I think uh, the Spurs might actually still be competitive with Pau Gasol. I think they might be interesting. Um, it's going to be awkward not seeing Tim Duncan out there on the court and hitting bank shots, but I do think, you know, Popovich will have those guys humming. And then on the Eastern Conference, Al Horford going to Boston, just just that team, you know, gives them more of an offensive uh, look because they've been very tough defensively, but they just haven't had any star power on the offensive side outside of Isaiah Thomas. So I'm hoping Boston takes another step forward because I really, really enjoy that team and the culture that Stevens is building. What about you guys? What are your, what are your thoughts? I, I don't think the Bulls are going to be as bad as everybody thinks they are. I think they're going to be very interesting watching the dynamic between Rondo and Wade and Butler, and then having Robin Lopez and Taj Gibson. I think it's not going to be a bad team, but they'll be a lower-level playoff team. I love the moves that the Pacers made. I um, you went to about getting Paul George some help. <laughs> That's the help you go get somebody. You know, having um, you know, you put Jeff Teague back there, you put Al Jefferson with him. Um, they they really fixed up that team to to the point where I thought last year it was going to be very tough for Indiana to not only just make the playoffs but to advance and they push Toronto to the limit but now with that team that they have they can push Cleveland a little bit and I think that's exactly what they needed to do 
great assets. Yeah, me personally, I, I mean, I, I just think that uh, outside of like four teams in the NBA, five teams, maybe six, I mean, the other teams are just re- irrelevant. Like, they don't even matter. It's not like any other sport. And the fact that they gave, you know, the money jumped up as much as it did, it made it that much more lopsided. I think the NBA is in trouble if they continue this way. I mean, I, I think that uh, it's over. Yeah, I think uh, I think he, he, he nailed it right on the button. Like, he said that, too. He noticed that that's not a, this isn't a good thing of the, the jumping up in the money and all these people flock into one market. And I think that's a problem, and that's something that they're going to have to address shortly. Otherwise, the NBA, you know, as fast as it can, it can rise to the top, it can fall that way, too. Yeah, it could lead to a quick lockout, paying guys like Mozgov mm-hmm. for ungodly amounts of money. That yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what has he done that he he's getting this money? Well, like, you know, well, Delvadova got thirty six million, and he's going to be sitting yeah. on Milwaukee's bench. I don't understand that. Yeah. Like, and don't get me wrong, I was at the uh, pre-draft camp over with the Nets, and I watched Delvadova in those pre-draft camps, and I got to talk with him afterwards, and he had something that was different than a lot of those guys had, but. I, I, d- I don't see how that's really helping Milwaukee. Milwaukee didn't ha- need a point guard. Yeah. Milwaukee needs. <laughs> Milwaukee just needs veteran leadership. That's yeah, what they yeah. really needed. They don't need another backup point guard. But he has a he has a championship ring. So I guess that's what they're. You know, Peter. Also, you know, your your role of um, with Sports Passport. You know, it's like you said, it's the virtual ticket system. You can also sort of plan a road trip on there too. Correct. Now, believe it or not, we actually get we actually got rid of that. So okay. because we're moving, I just closed the seed round to build a mobile app. Okay. And obviously, as you're scaling down the screens, there are a lot more constraints. And initially, what we did when we launched the websites was we tried a bunch of different features to see what stuck, right? Some of it was based on initial user feedback. Um, the road trip planner that you mentioned was actually the brainchild of my colleague, Kyle Wellison. It's something he always had in his head. Hey, just point, you know, Put put a, two points on a map, a start date and end date, and bring up an itinerary of every game you can see during that time. I don't know how useful it was necessarily. Um, I thought it was more like clever and gimmicky, but from a practicality standpoint, I don't know how many people use it and actually, you know, went on trips with it. So we actually cut that feature. Um, we're really focused, and one thing where we know we've gained a lot of traction is people use Passport to track their game histories first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And, and from that, they want to generate, and this is what we're going to really spend our time building, is it's like your personal timeline. A lot of fans don't travel like I do to different markets, to games. They, they tend to be like partial or full season ticket holders, kind of like Steve just mentioned. So if you're only going to see it, your team at like one stadium, you know, your travel map's not going to look so so nice, right? It might only have a couple of points in it, but your personal timeline, right? If we can create this nostalgic box for you every time you open your passport, all of a sudden you get the feels, right? Or you start jogging your memory for games that you may have forgotten about as a kid, right? And, and we help stir those memories with box scores, with other people's photos. Um, we'll, we'll be adding, hopefully, highlights from, from YouTube for, like, relevant games. So that's really going to be the focus. It's more about your journey as a fan going to games. Um, the, the road trip planner, we realized the traveler mindset, folks like myself, are actually between like the 5th and 7th percentile that, that tend to, you know, book a lot of trips around their, their, their sporting events. And, you know, it's also, too, an, an idea, I don't know if this is on there, I'm not going to lie, I have in a little while, but um, the idea of also leaving comments on yeah. that game. 
So if other people been to that game, they can talk about the experience of that game. Yeah. Yeah. That be, like, to me, that's something that would be really cool. Like if I see that I went to the NBA Finals game against Nets versus Spurs, other people will say, okay, we were at that game too, and they can talk about their experience about where they were. Yeah. And listen, I mean, when, when Randy first told me about this idea, I, I've never, you know, I, I wasn't familiar with your, your, um, your site or not, but when you first told me about it, I, I have to tell you, it's a brilliant idea. I was like, oh, my God, that's so awesome, you know? I mean, I thought it was brilliant, first off. I just want to mention that to you. Um, I have another question, though. Uh, as far as going back to when you, you, know, you did your travels to all the stadiums, where was the best food? Well, it's interesting. Like, you have the in-arena food, and then you have, like, the regional fare, right, based on whatever your city, city you're in. So, like, Memphis is, is very well known. If you go down to Beale Street, all the barbecue joints, yeah. right? You know, the Memphis rub ribs. So, like, I made it an absolute point to get there early, right, so I could spend some ample amount of time, <laughs> you know, testing out the ribs. And they have oh, a yeah. place called Gus's Chicken, Fried Chicken. It's phenomenal. Um so those were two local recommendations that I absolutely made sure I had to, to eat at. Um, trying to think off the cuff here. Like, you know, when I went to Oakland for, for the Thunder game, they treated me really well. The PR guy actually picked me up at the airport, and we went over to San Fran. And they actually have amazing Mexican food there. Okay. So, so we stopped at, a, you know, a little local joint that's well-known around the area for something you probably – you know, you wouldn't see uh, in a tourist mag, but the locals go to. So that was phenomenal. I'm trying to think who else had what about, what about stadium? In stadium? You know what? I was always, I tried not to get too full, only because I had to be up at four in the morning every night, mm -hmm. every morning, just to catch that next flight. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to oversleep on that one. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to go too crazy in the stadium, and I was also on a super lean budget. Yeah, yeah, that that could definitely have uh, a lot, lot of Wendy's, a lot of Wendy's, a lot of Wendy's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was literally for me like a lot of water in stadiums more than food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I got to like sample a lot of the menus, but you know, nachos here and there, nothing too crazy. Yeah, no, well, I know something that jumps off the page. Yeah, I know some of these stadiums that have some of that crazy, you know, stadium oh, food yeah. from that particular stadium, you know, and that because it's in that area. So I was. Absolutely. I mean, some of these stadiums is well known for like these wacky concepts. Yeah. Well, it, what's crazy too is like when I we had the we had the um, Izod Center at the Continental Airlines yeah. for the Nets for all those years, and even with the Garden a little bit, the food they'd be like, the food would already be made and it's like wrapped up and stuff mm -hmm. like that. When I went down to I was living in Florida, I went to a couple of Florida Marlins games, and even the Miami Heat games, um, they'd make the food in front of you. So how would you like the, how would you like your burger? And they'll they'll cook it meaningfully yeah. in front of you. Yeah. Which uh, like at stadiums to me is like unheard of yeah. because you know up here in New York we're so used to be everything being so quick and yeah. you know convenient like but that. You said it's handed to you in, in foil already made. Yeah, yeah, it's already made, and, yeah. you're just, and you're just like this is the most disgusting thing I'm yeah. ever going to eat, but it's also a guilty pleasure oh, <laughs> at yeah. the same time. Stadium food. Um, Peter, last question for me uh, for you. Um, so, you obviously, Sports Passport, would you ever consider going back to working for a team, uh, doing the social media, since cause social media has now blossomed into something much more than it was five years ago? Yeah, I, w I wouldn't rule it out. I would think, in, actually, more of my interest would be working more for, like, USA basketball long-term, giving it a shot with, with something like that on an international perspective, or even FIBA in Switzerland. My wife's from Croatia, so she's from Europe, so... There's ties 
overseas and you know over there still has family so I'd actually th consider that more than an NBA team believe it or not there's some good ball going on overseas too right I mean some great ball some really competitive league comp you know uh, you know you got the the, the A-League the Euroleague for example they have phenomenal league um, Spain has amazing we went to the uh, FIBA World they, they rebranded it. it used to be called the World Championship now it's called the World Cup but in 2014, before we had the baby, we went, you know, we caught two games there, the People World Cup, and it's, it's really competitive on an international level. I know we've been dusting off, you know, we dusted off China twice, and um, I forgot who we played in the opening tune-up, but, you know, there is still a big talent gap between the U.S. and the world, but if you watch the leagues, just, you know, interleague games overseas, they're, they're great rivalries, great rivalries. And... Being, you said she was from Croatia. Exactly. Yep. Did you ever have the opportunity? And I'm only asking this because I grew up a huge Nets fan, and I was a very big fan of Drazen Petrovic. Yeah. Um, have you ever had the opportunity to be out there and see his uh, his gravestone? No, I haven't seen the gravestone or the statue. When we went to Croatia, we we spent a little bit of time in Zagreb, the capital, and then we we bolted down to the coast, uh, actually Rijeka, at the northern part of the coast. But on uh, our next trip back, I, I want to see the monument. Um, it would be really special to go see his grave site. But I actually been to James Naismith's grave site in Lawrence, Kansas. Oh my lord! Which was which was awesome, and it was like five degrees out, and I, I had to make sure I went. You know, six in the morning. That's a, that's a must stop for basketball junkies. Yeah, and I I made my first trip last year. You think this is crazy? But last year was the first time I ever been to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Wow! What you think? I I I had lo lower expectations than I that I thought I was going to. I just thought it was going to be in there, and it was like, all right, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. But I really, really loved it, and I, I wish I had more time there because it was just like a stop I made on the way mm -hmm. back. You can really dedicate uh, if it's not a, almost a full day there. You know, you can maybe even go back for two days. Sure. You know, I just I think I'm like just like you. I'm a junkie. But now I think I think what, like what you just said about the international game and just about the pure game of basketball. When you watch the NBA, you're almost, almost sometimes you're almost cynical about it because, like Steve said earlier in the conversation, you know who the seven or eight teams are going to be in at the yeah. end of, at the end of the uh, at the end of the year, uh, competing for the championship. So if you're like a fan of Minnesota or you're a fan of Sacramento or even Brooklyn, you know you're not in the playoffs. It's tough, right? And so like, why are you putting your money and investing? Not in showing up. Well, not even showing up, but why are you investing your your interest and your like your heart into yeah. that team? Because you know it's not really going there, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's it's a sad it's a, you know it's a sad thing to say, but it's really the truth. Vegas is getting a hockey team. What are your thoughts about Vegas putting uh, an NBA team? <laughs> what a disaster that would be! It's gonna, it's going to happen. They put hockey there. That's the that's the, the initial thing. I mean, next is going to be either football or basketball. They've explored it, right? I think they ho they hosted the NBA All Star Game there yeah. not too long ago, and it's it's continued to be a hub for both summer league and also USA basketball as far as like training camps go. So USA basketball is actually headquartered in Colorado Springs, and so most training camps, um, you know, for most sports take place in Colorado. But for basketball, they're like, why are we going to send our guys to Colorado Springs? These guys are in their off season; they want to, you know, have access to fun. So they, they do it in Vegas. Yeah, I think it could be a disaster. Um, if you think back to UNLV's teams mm -hmm. uh, under Tark at some of their 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Headache Smith. There was a lot of crazy stuff going on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we, you know, we were talking about it last week. If they decided decided to put an NFL team, because I think out of the main sports, NFL players have the most free time during the week. Now, yeah, they, right. yeah, they have practice. You put a, a team in Vegas. My God, that was, uh, you have guys getting in trouble in in Kansas City where there's nothing going on. <laughs> just imagine if you could put them out in Vegas. Yeah. You know. Are you talking about players in general, Randy, or just uh, basketball players? I would say basketball players, I think, as opposed to the other sports, get in less trouble. Well, but then you look at the situation you had last year with um, the, the p- p- player who got shot in New York yeah. going over to the nightclub at 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. If you go, if, if, if most problems with people, like with, with gunshots or anything like that, or any major problems usually happens, especially stuff in Vegas. Doesn't happen till like one between the hours of one and six a.m. Yes, night. nightlife, right? Yeah, nightlife. Yeah, yeah. Nine out of ten times, when the players, and, and Peter, you remember this by covering the Knicks. A lot of the times, when the players got done, they would just go back to their apartments or their hotel rooms because they usually had to practice or they had to get up, catch that next plane for for that next game. So yeah. there's, there's not as much time available to get in trouble when you're playing in mm-hmm. the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. think it's a terrible idea to put any team in 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 Vegas, whether it's hockey. I don't, I don't trust you in Vegas. Yeah, I, t- I I don't go to Vegas. No, I don't have to walk down the street. Yeah, I'm not allowed. The AEC is out of the question for oh, me. Yeah, Vegas is definitely out of question. And, and they want to legalize gambling up here where the mel- where the arena was. Oh, they're going uh, to. They're trying to get a casino going yeah. over where the Meadowlands. Um, is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, let's put that on the list of really bad ideas for the state of New Jersey. Yeah, along with that eyesore of uh, a mall that they have over there. I mean, that's where they want to put the, their casino. But it's there in Jersey City. They're trying. They want to reopen the eyes out there. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. The Xanadu. Exactly. The Xanadu. Yeah, the Xanadu. That eyesore is terrible. Yeah, indoor skiing. That was a real brilliant idea. But don't you want to make the map a little bigger than that? It's about three feet. You know, it's a, a curbs are bigger than that somewhere. That property has had six different owners, and all of yeah. them have been three hundred million dollars away from finishing that project. Yeah, and they all what, you know, scratched it, scrapped it, and bounced it. The one, the one, the one who's currently working on it though is I think PNC or PCN, PCN, yeah. or whatever they are. But it's it's more of America owners, and right? But then they're they're now they're trying to buy out the arena, to reopen the arena and make it more of like a concert venue slash. You know, people we talk about um, doing the, you know, you know, the non-NBA type of basketball leagues. That's sure. one of the things that they were talking about doing over at IZOD. The problem is right now the state owns the arena, and we have people who are trying to buy the arena from the state. So you know how well that's really going to go. <laughs> this is New Jersey stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It needs an overhaul, though. Yeah, it does. It was it was a great stadium. Like again, I was there for two NBA championships. With the, with the Nets and you know intern and it was all over that that building and it's not a bad building but it just needs up, it, like you just said needs upgrades so it needs a little bit of upgrading yeah so it needs to be knocked down and rebuilt that's what it needs <laughs> 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 he's, he's, he's talking bad about my home I would, just, I, would, I, would, I would remember that whole area and just rebuild it off <laughs> we're gonna go back there it's been knocked down you're just gonna see a, f- a yeah. flower bed yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it would be uh, bad um Peter, man, I thank you so much. I know you're, you're exhausted between work and chasing the little one around uh, for, for jumping on with us for about a half hour. Yeah, really, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. want to let everybody know where they can find you, both on uh, social media and with Sports Passport. Sure. Steve, Randy, thanks for the opportunity. You can find us at sportspassport.com. We'll be in the iOS app store actually in late October. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at prc.seldoutwork. 
W-O-R-K. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, man. We really appreciate you coming on.